Northside, good to see you here. If uh, you are here and you're visiting with us, I hope you got a bulletin and uh, notice in your bulletin there's a little uh, place where you can pull off. Uh, just give us a little bit of information about yourself just so we can have a record of your visit. There is also a reservation for Wednesday night dinners and a place for prayer requests on there. So uh, just tear that off. It's pretty easy. Put it in the offering plate as it goes around. Take a look at your bulletins for any announcements. And now let's greet each other with a holy handshake or Hug. Go for it.
Dear Lord, thank you for this amazing day that you've given us to come to this church, and please help these tithes and offerings to further your kingdom. And in your name, amen. Have all the children come on up here with me. <clears throat> How are y'all doing this morning? Good. You don't sound like it. Y'all sound like it. Good. How are y'all doing this morning? Good. All right. You need to be happy. All right. It's Sunday. We're worshiping God today. So you should be extremely happy. What do you think? Right? All right. So what I have here is a couple of pieces of noodles. All right, there's nothing special about them. You always look at it. Is there anything special about it? Other than it's a little flower type shape? No. So we're going to take both of these. And we're going to make them represent something. This one over here, this is going to be God. Okay? When God made us, he made us in his image, right? So we kind of look like what God wants us to, but we're a little different. Not quite as bright, not quite as colorful. Okay? And when, we were, when Adam and Eve were first made, 
They were close to God. There was nothing separating them. They were right there. But then what happened? They, yeah, that's right. They got separated from God. So here, hold on to, the, to that one for me, and you hold on to this one for me. There was this thing called sin that got right in the middle. Right? And sin is a little darker than that. Okay? It's nasty. It's ugly. This is a blue color, but I couldn't find a black one or a gray one. All right. <clears throat> okay? Sin got in between us and God, right? So let's put that, put that in there. Push it through. There you go. Got it? Now pull that string out right there for me. Just hold on to that. Hold on to it? All right. All right. Let me see that one over here. Slide it on. All the way in. Good. Got it? All right. Let me hold on to it for just a second. So, no matter what we do now, we're separated from God, right? We can try everything we want to, and that sin is right in the middle. Just getting in our way. But then what happened? Huh? You trust to follow God. You're right. You know what? I forgot to do one thing, so I'm going to take these back off for just a second. Because you know what sin does in our lives? <clears throat> these are our lives here that are kind of going around. Sin ties us up. Don't know that? And keeps us. Tied up in knots, right? All right, let's put these back on real quick. All right, so it's in between us and God, right? And then what happened? What did he do? Well, what did, what did God do for us? That's right. He sent his son Jesus down to down on the cross and get rid of that sin for us, right? He came down to straighten out our lives. <laughs> And get rid of the sin. <clears throat> right? So now we can be back with God and follow him wherever he goes. What do you think about that? All right, let's pray together. Dear Father, Lord, we uh, thank you for another day you give us to come here and worship you, God. Every day that you give us is a great day to worship you. Whether it's Monday, whether it's Sunday, Wednesday afternoon, it doesn't matter. We should be worshiping you, God. We should be following you. Lord, help us to remove this sin from our lives. You did that by sending your son down to save us from our sins. Lord, we, we love you, and we thank you. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Daniel, and thank you, Alex, for filling in for Miss Ann. A mighty fortress is our God. That's a great song. If you guys will please stand and sing with us once more.
Thank you to our worship team this morning. It's great to worship the Lord together. If you would um, turn your Bibles with me to Matthew 18. We're going to read uh, verses 21 through... go through 26. If you would stand with me in honor of reading God's word, we'll go through 27. So verse 21 starts, then Peter approached him and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? As many as seven times? I tell you, not as many as seven, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle accounts, one who, owned, one who owed 10,000 talents was brought before him. Since he did not have the money to pay it back, his master commanded that he, his wife, his children, and everything he had be sold to pay the debt. At this, the servant fell face down before him and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you everything. Then the master of that servant had compassion, released him, and forgave him the loan. Let's pray together. God, just thank you for today. Just thank you for this time we've already had to worship you. And I just thank you that um, you're here with us. Lord, I just pray as we uh, look at your word this morning, you would have a word for each one of us and that your, your spirit would speak to our hearts and that we would be receptive um, to, the, to the message. Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Well, I started to get ready for today, and I had been studying Barnabas, and uh, as I started thinking through that, and just, you kind of go over things in your mind, every time I would say Barnabas, I said Barabbas, and if you study scripture, those are two very different people, <laughs> and so I said, well, I can't get that straight, so we'll do that another time, and so I started praying about what we would think about, what we would talk about, and uh, we came to this passage. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit today about forgiveness. And I think we can all relate to that because um, who here has not had, um, has not been hurt by the actions or words of somebody? Uh, and when you think about it, who here has not hurt somebody by your actions or your words? So uh, it's, it's a word for all of us today. Um, and so um, think about, you know, when some, what happens when somebody does something wrong to you? What, what emotions does that bring out in you? Um, forgiveness may not be the first thing that you think of. Uh, what about when somebody does something to someone you love or somebody else you care deeply about? Sometimes you get a little more upset with that than maybe if they did it to you. If I'm being honest, that's what happens to me. My first thought may be to get even with them, you know? But that's not what we should do. We should forgive. So let's look at our passage today. Um, Jesus, you know, we're familiar with Matthew 18, the first, the middle part of that with reconciling with a brother and, and the steps to that. Right after that, Peter approaches him, and I think he asks him what he thinks. I think Peter thinks this is a pretty spiritual question, uh, or the way he's wording it. He says, uh, how many times should I forgive somebody? Seven times? I, mean, I think he's thinking 
that's pretty good because uh, rabbinical, uh, the rabbinical teaching was to forgive someone three times. And so, hey, I'm doubling that plus one. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, maybe he had heard Jesus' teaching about go the extra mile, and so I'm doing that. Um, so Jesus' answer probably surprised him. Uh, he said to forgive 70 times 7. Now, do we have any math majors here that can decipher that for us? 490. I heard that. Good. So 490 times. So in comparison with the seven times, that's quite a different number. And I, and I think Jesus is not saying count every time up to 490 and, and then you're done. Right? Okay. I don't think that. The point is not the number. The, um, I think the point is there's a couple of problems with Peter's question. Uh, first, he wants to keep score. And I think we do that sometimes when dealing with others and how they deal with us. We're going to keep a scorecard. Um, I don't think that that's what uh, Jesus would have us do. Um, we're not supposed to keep a record of wrongs. In, in 1 Corinthians 13, when Paul talks about love, one of the things he says, love does not keep a record of wrongs. So if we're being loving, uh, we're not going to keep that record. Uh, and we're not going to hold that against somebody. Because forgiveness and love go hand in hand. And if we love like Christ, we'll be quick to forgive. Um, have you ever heard anybody say something like this? Well, on March 16, 2002, at 1.47 p.m., you said this. Or this person did this to me. Well, that person is keeping a record of wrongs. Maybe, maybe I've been guilty of that. Maybe you've been guilty of that. I don't know. But that's, that's what I would call keeping a record of wrongs. And that's not what we are to do. We are to be quick and willing to forgive others. Um, so Peter is looking at this the wrong way. He's looking to forgive out of obligation. You know, seven times. That's, that's, I'm, I'm obligated to forgive you seven times. And not out of love. We should do things out of love. I could just see him going, okay, that's time number three. It's time number five. You're getting close. You've got a couple more. Seven, that's it. But no, Jesus says no. 490 times. So much more is what I think he's saying. So um, as we look at this, I would say let's stop counting. Let's stop counting, um, keeping a record of wrongs. Let's forgive our brother and let's forgive our sister in Christ. Ephesians 4.32 says this. Uh, we probably know this. It's an Awana verse. Uh, we're probably familiar with it, but it says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another as God forgave you in Christ. So we're to forgive each other as God forgave us. And if we think about that, we've been forgiven much. Um, so we're to forgive others as well. If you're a believer here today, God has forgiven your debt against him. Uh, he's forgiven you of that sin. So we're to forgive each other that way. And so Jesus tells a story to drive home that point. And this is the story we have. Um, it gives us a good perspective on forgiveness. Because see, there's power in forgiveness. And there's a price for unforgiveness. And so let's take a look at this this story for a minute. So there's a king, his servant owes him a pretty big debt. Think about that. It says 10,000 talents. And I was wondering what a, what a talent is. Well, that's 6,000 denarii. That really didn't help me a lot when I figured out. Just 
so, but I, I was reading a little bit about it. It would take an average worker 20 years to earn 6,000 denarii. And that's one talent. So he owed 9,999 more than that. So he could not pay this back. He said, have mercy on me, I'll pay it back. It's a debt he could not pay. And the king forgives him of that. Um, so the idea that he was going to pay it back, it just wasn't going to happen. And the master forgives him. That's extravagant forgiveness. And that's what we need to practice, extravagant forgiveness. We've been forgiven much, more than we can ever pay back. How many times has God forgiven you of something in your life? Probably more than 490. I won't speak for you. For me, more than 490. So, yes, um, we need to be quick to forgive. Um, if you have sinned against someone, go to them. Ask forgiveness. Work it out. Um, if someone has something, has sinned against you, be quick to forgive them. Don't continue to, to hold a grudge. Um, I wanted to define forgiveness. As we talk about it, we need to define it so we all understand. Um, in the dictionary, you can look it up. It's to cancel a debt, to stop feeling any anger or resentment against someone. And I was thinking about how does that apply to us, and, uh, and we might say it would be giving up our right to get even, um, surrendering my desire to get you back, because that's what happens when people do something to us. It's kind of natural in the flesh want to get them back. So if I for really forgive you in my heart, there's no payback. Um, so think about that. We're not, we're not looking to pay somebody back. We're looking to forgive them uh, and restore that relationship. Um, sometimes we get offended when people say stuff to us and um, it's a blind spot that we have that we didn't know we had. Um, and if somebody comes to us in love, they're just correcting us or um, they're just helping us out. So perhaps uh, you're doing something that's hurtful to another person. You don't know it. You don't mean anything by it. It's just you're not paying attention. That happened to me a couple of weeks ago. One of our members came to me and just kind of corrected me on something very lovingly. And it was I just wasn't paying attention to something. And so I appreciate them coming to me and I'm, and I'm being conscious to correct that. Um, sometimes we just, um, when we come to each other lovingly like that, that's how we should approach each other. Don't be offended when somebody comes to you. Just seek that forgiveness and rec reconciliation. Sometimes there's a misunderstanding or miscommunication. So don't think the worst of your brother. Um, be willing to forgive and to listen. Because sometimes we just misunderstand each other. It's not intentional. So the servant has been forgiven much. I mean, he's been, given, been forgiven more than he could ever repay. So that means he's going to be a compassionate, loving person, right? Well, let's look at the rest of the story. The master had compassion on the servant. He forgave him, and then we pick it up in verse 28. That servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him, started choking him, and said, pay what you owe. 
At this, the fellow servant fell down, and he began begging him, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. That sounds familiar. Um, but he wasn't willing. Instead, he went and threw him into prison until he could pay what he owed. So the king had been merciful to this guy, and then he went out and found somebody who owed him so much less and stuck it to him and threw him in prison. You know, it was like he owed millions of dollars. This guy might have owed him $100. You see the, the difference, see the point Jesus was making here, how much more we've been forgiven than what somebody has done to us. So let's look at unforgiveness for a minute. That's the definition right there of unforgiveness. Um, it's to be deliberate, willful refusal to cancel a debt. Unforgiveness says somebody needs to pay. And that's what happens in verse 28. Um, the unforgiving servant says, you're going to pay. Man. And Jesus is saying that's kind of what we're like when we don't forget, uh, forgive others. We've been forgiven of so much. You know, it seems like a, the example here seems extreme, but that's the example Jesus is giving us. When someone wrongs us, we can go to them like spelled out, like I said earlier in, in earlier in chapter 18, there's, there's a specific way to go to somebody and ask for forgiveness. Um, a forgiving spirit will go a long way to reconciling that relationship. Uh, we need to choose to forgive and to move on from that. Um, sometimes we are like this unforgiving servant, though. We dwell on the offense. We like to stew on it a little while. I'm not ready to forgive them just yet. I want to kind of think about this and hold it over this person, hold something over their heads. But the problem is unforgiveness affects us. Uh, you're not really exacting revenge on the other person, it's affecting you. It's a burden on you. Um, there's suffering we go through when we don't forgive. Unforgiveness is a divider, it's a destroyer. And when you carry that unforgiving spirit around with you, it affects you. It can make you bitter, it can make you angry, make you an angry person. And it even affects you physically. There's a article I read by Johns Hopkins, totally independent of anything. It says the article says unforgiveness can lead to changes in your heart rate, blood pressure, and your immune response. Those changes increase the risk of depression, heart disease, and diabetes, and other conditions. Forgiveness, however, calms stress levels, leading to improved health. So here's a medical organization, independent of the church, advocating forgiveness over unforgiveness. And so they're telling us stuff that we already know that's in the Bible. But physical, you can have physical ramifications from unforgiveness. So if we hold grudges, um, they can go on for years, can't they? They hold us in place like a time machine. I was trying to think about like a time machine. We just stuck in that one spot where this, we were, somebody did something to us. And if we don't let it go, if we don't forgive, we'll never get past that. We keep going back to it. 
So we need to be loving and we need to have that forgiveness, forgiving spirit. Well, what are some, uh, some obstacles to unforgiveness? First one I would think would be pride. Our pride gets in the way. We say, they can come to us. I'm not going to go to that person. I'm going to wait till they come to me. I don't know if you've ever been guilty of that, but I, I probably have. Um, and we like to justify ourselves in that. We're like, well, they did this to me. They can come to me, and then I'll forgive them. I think extravagant forgiveness, the kind of forgiveness that Jesus is talking about here is for us to be quick to forgive and to love them. Sometimes we recruit others to get on our team, and when we keep talking about it and keep getting others on our side, it's kind of hard to forgive at that point because you've already recruited all these other people to be on your side, and then one side goes against the other. Instead of doing that, instead of talking about it, we should go to that person and reconcile and ask for forgiveness and forgive them. Maybe it's distant. Sometimes somebody may have done something to you and they're not here. You can't go to him physically. They're a long way away. Well, if you can contact them, I would recommend contacting them. If you can't, you can still forgive them in your heart. Something you can do in your heart. You can forgive them. And maybe you're just unwilling to forgive. We just, like I said, we like to stew on it sometimes. It's like I just like to stew on this and I'm unwilling to forgive. Well, that means you don't have a loving attitude and that means you don't recognize the forgiveness that Christ gave to you. So I think that's the key. Just really think about the forgiveness that we were given um, from the Lord. So why is, uh, why is conflict and unforgiveness so common? I think it's just our flesh gets in the way um, and we don't truly love the other person like we, like we should. So many of our conflicts could be avoided if we forgave each other. Colossians 3.13 says this, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a grievance against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you. Bearing with one another. We have to bear with one, with one another. We have different personalities we're different, so we bear with one another, but that's what makes us strong. Our, our difference, differences uh, can bring us together in unity if we love each other and are quick to forgive each other. Like I said, forgiveness and love go hand in hand. So let go of the burden of unforgiveness. Ask God to show you unforgiveness in your heart. We need to come together. Um, let's look at the rest of this passage. So the servant was unforgiving. He had, his, had the person who owed him a hundred denarii thrown in jail. Then the master heard about it in verse 32. It says, then after he had summoned him, his master said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Shouldn't you also have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And because he was angry, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay everything that was owed. So also my heavenly father will do to you. And 
unless every one of you forgives his brother or sister from your heart. So I don't think this is talking about losing our salvation. I don't think it's talking about being thrown into to hell. But like I said, there's suffering we go through when we don't forgive. It's like a prison we can't get out of unless we are willing to love that person like Christ and to forgive them. It's a burden on our necks. Um, it's hard to get through. It's hard to get past. Um, I mentioned the physical ailments that come for it. That's real. Um, so there is punishment for unforgiveness. Um, it's real. And so God takes it very seriously. And he loves us. He forgave us. We should forgive our brother. So maybe you're here today carrying around a burden because you've never been forgiven of your sins. We just saw the king forget a debt that this servant could not pay. Well, maybe you're here today and you've got a burden. It's a burden of sin that you just can't overcome, you can't get rid of. Are you searching for a way to get rid of this guilt and burden that's, that's on your shoulders? Um, do you need to be forgiven today? Well, it's a price you cannot pay. I've talked to folks from all walks of life all over the world, and a lot of folks are trying different things um, to, to find that forgiveness. Um, but we, you know, the Bible tells us we can't be good enough. It doesn't matter how many times we go to church. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter what we do if we don't put our trust and faith in Jesus Christ. He paid the price, and God is here to forgive you. He paid the price we cannot pay. 1 Corinthians 15, 3-4 says that Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried and was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. That's God's plan. Jesus paid the debt that we could never pay so we could be forgiven. So if you're here today and you've never been forgiven, repent and ask for forgiveness and trust in Jesus today. If you're here today and, and you are a brother or sister in Christ, you're a child of God, um, and maybe God is speaking to you about someone you've not forgiven or a relationship that needs mending, I would, I would ask you to, to go to that person uh, and get that right. Forgive them in your heart. Forgiveness in your heart is what Jesus, Jesus is talking about here. Let's not keep a record of wrongs like Peter wanted to do. Let's not keep the list. Let's be quick to forgive and to love each other. Um, we need to get past that. We need to have all hands on deck to build disciples here, to make disciples, and to shine the light of Christ in our community. Would you guys pray with me? Maybe you're here today and um, you are a child of God. I would just ask you in the next couple of moments just to ask him to search your heart, see if there's some unforgiveness there that you, you weren't aware of, and take care of that. Forgive that person. Maybe you're here today and you've been searching for the answer, you've been searching for a way to get that burden of sin off of your shoulders. Well, come, come to the cross today. The king is here ready to forgive. Jesus has paid the debt that you cannot pay. Lord, just thank you for our time together. Thank you for your word here from Matthew. Thank you that 
you have forgiven us that you love us. Thank you that you loved us so much that you sent your son to die on the cross for us. God, help us have a spirit of love and forgiveness toward our brothers and sisters. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Please stand with us. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the world's I hands and made, I see the stars, I hear the worship our great God today. Uh, We're going to have a called business meeting after that. If you're visiting with us, thank you for coming, and I hope we see you next week. It's been good to have you guys with us. A um, couple of things uh, at this dismissal. We're going to have a couple of ushers back at the doors uh, again this week. Uh, we're taking a collection for those affected by the, furlough, the government furlough. Uh, so we're taking that so that we'll have a couple of guys back there. And then Steve, I don't know if you're going to come up and do the business meeting after we dismiss. Is that correct? 
Okay, all right. And so Bill is our deacon of the week, and so he's going to come up and have our benediction. My, by my calculations, Debbie's forgiven me 485 times, so I've, <laughs> I've got about a week left before I have to start behaving. So let's pray. God, we thank you for your words today. I'm reminded how scarcely will someone die for a righteous person, let alone that while we were still sinners, you sent Jesus Christ to die for us so we might be forgiven. I have to ask again, Lord, who are we in all our faults and flaws that you're mindful of us? Lord, I pray that we search our hearts as we leave today, that we earnestly search our hearts for those we need to forgive. Let us do that. For those that we need to reconcile with, let us reconcile so that we may truly rejoice with you, Lord, through Jesus Christ for reconciling us with you, and we are so grateful for that. Lord, I pray for everybody in this room that you bless us. Let us allow you to allow the Holy Spirit to guide us in everything we do, in all the actions we take until we meet again. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Whoops. Yeah.